Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. Welcome to the Superhumanize podcast, where we explore cutting-edge science and ancient insights that can help us live healthier, happier, more fulfilling lives. In today's episode, I am honored to be joined by Dr. Terry Walls, a clinical professor of medicine at the University of Iowa, author and renowned expert in the field of functional medicine. Dr. Walls is also a patient with secondary progressive multiple sclerosis, which confined her to a tilt-recline wheelchair for four years. Dr. Walls restored her health using a diet and lifestyle program she designed specifically for her brain and now pedals her bike to work each day. Her personal journey with the disease has led her to develop the Walls Protocol, a science-backed approach to treating chronic autoimmune conditions that has helped countless people around the world to stop or slow down the progression of their conditions or even reverse them. Dr. Wall's research and clinical practice focus on using diet and lifestyle interventions to treat and prevent chronic disease. She has published numerous scientific papers and has presented her findings at national and international conferences. Dr. Walls is also the author of three best-selling books, including The Walls Protocol, a radical new way to treat all chronic autoimmune conditions using paleo principles. In this episode, Dr. Walls shares her personal journey with MS and how it led her to develop the Walls Protocol, a nutritional and lifestyle intervention designed to treat chronic autoimmune conditions such as MS. She discusses the principles of functional medicine and how it differs from traditional medicine, as well as the role of nutrition and movement in healing chronic illness. Dr. Walls also addresses some of the common questions and concerns that people with autoimmune diseases may have about the Walls Protocol including how it can help with specific symptoms, how to get started, and how to address financial or logistical barriers to adopting the approach. Whether you're someone who is dealing with an autoimmune condition and are looking for new ways to manage your symptoms, or whether you know someone you love who is facing chronic health problems, or whether you're simply interested in the latest research on functional medicine and holistic health, this episode is a must-listen. If you enjoy this episode and feel it helps to elevate your life, please give us a rating or review. And if you feel others may benefit from this podcast as well, spread the word, share, and help grow our tribe of superhumans. When we help heal one, we help heal all. Much gratitude and love. Yours, Ariana. summer and I have passionately dedicated the last 12 years of my life to creating the ultimate human experience mentally, physically and spiritually based on the most powerful ancient teachings and cutting edge modern discoveries and technologies. The Superhumanized podcast is a show committed to sharing what I have learned from the world's leading experts in order to help you achieve your full potential and create your best life ever. Dr. Terry, welcome to the Superhumanized podcast. It's really a privilege and a pleasure to speak to you today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. 
And uh, I want to start this conversation talking also a bit about your backstory. Yeah. A lot of people in the audience will very well know who you are. But for those that are not acquainted with your story yet, can you tell us about your personal journey with yeah. multiple sclerosis? And I'm going to tell it in real time so people get a sense of yeah. what it was like as it happened. 23 years ago, out walking with my wife, Jackie, a half mile from home, my left leg becomes weak. Now, drag it, I hobble home. When I see the neurologist, he tells me this could be bad or really, really bad. And so, as I go through the various tests for the next three weeks, I'm thinking about the fact that I've had already 20 years of relentlessly worsening electrical face pains. So, actually, I'm praying for a fatal diagnosis because I don't want to become a burden to my family. I hear the words multiple sclerosis. I go find the very best MS center here in the United States, and I see the very best physician. I take the newest drugs. Three years later, I hear tilt, recline, wheelchair. My electrical face pains continue to worsen. My 10-year-old daughter hugs me as tears stream down my face. And I ask myself, am I really doing all that I can? My mind is still clear. So I go to PubMed to read the basic science. And I develop theories that mitochondria dysfunction are what's driving disability. I create a supplement cocktail for my mitochondria. The speed of my decline slows. I'm very grateful. I have already adopted the paleo diet. I've been doing that for four years. <clears throat> I discover a study using electrical stimulation of muscles. I ask my physical therapist, can I try that? He says it's really painful. And he can grow more muscles, but he doesn't know that those muscles will be able to talk to my brain. He gives me a test session. It hurts bad, really bad. But when it's over, I feel great. He says it's because of the endorphins. And we add E-STEM to my physical therapy. Now, I'm so weak, all I can do is 10 minutes of exercise. Mm. I discover the Institute for Functional Medicine. I take their course on neuroprotection. I have a longer list of supplements, which I add. Not a lot's happening. Then I have a really big aha. What if I redesign my paleo diet, the one that I've been following already for five years, based on the supplements that I'm taking and figure out where they are in the food supply? More research. But I have this new way of eating that I'm going to start December 26th. Now keep in mind, at that point, I am so weak, I cannot sit up in a regular chair more than 10 minutes. I can take a few steps using two walking sticks. Otherwise, I'm in a tilt-recline wheelchair. I'm either in bed or in a zero-gravity chair that reclines back with my knees higher than my nose, so gravity holds you in place. I begin to have brain fog, I, which is why my chief of staff assigned me to this new clinic, the Traumatic Brain Injury Clinic, without residents, so I'll be having to examine these patients. And it's a job that I know Physically, I'm not going to be able to do it. I start that new job January. So the first two weeks of this new job, I'm just watching from my tilt recline wheelchair. The third week of January, I have to get up and start doing these exams. Mm. At the end of the first day, so well, that wasn't too bad. At the end of the week, I'm talking with my wife, Jackie. I'm like, maybe I can do this. At the end of the month, I realize... My fatigue is not quite as severe. And 
I feel a little more mentally clear. And in February, I tell my family, I want to try sitting up in a regular chair for my meals. And then I decide I'm going to try walking with walking sticks in my hospital. And people see me for the first time, oh my God, Dr. Walls, what, what's going on? I And then I'm walking with one walking stick and then no walking sticks. And my physical therapist has advanced my therapy, so I'm doing more sessions, 10 minutes twice a day, 15 minutes twice a day, 20 minutes twice a day, 30 minutes twice a day. Then I start figuring out how to wear my electrodes and do some isometrics while I'm at work. And then in April, I I, I asked Jackie, because we're walking around the block, you know, do you think I could try riding my bike again? Because we used to be big bike riders. And her response was, if you keep doing well, maybe this fall. Two weeks later, it's Mother's Day, and I really want to try riding my bike. We had this emergency family meeting, and Jackie tells my six foot five son, you know, big tall guy, Zach, you run alongside in the left. She tells my 13 year old daughter, Debbie, you run alongside in the right, and she'll follow. We all get in position, and I push off, and I bike around the block. And that big 16 year old boy, he's crying. The 13-year-old, she's crying, Jackie's crying. When I talk about that, I cry. Because that was the moment I understood that recovery might be possible. It, then after that, I kept biking a little more every day. And in October, Jackie signed me up for the Courage Ride, 18.5 miles. And when I crossed that finish line... Once again, my family's crying, Jackie's crying, I'm crying. And this fundamentally changes how I think about disease and health, the way I practice medicine, and it will change the focus of my research. And it's become my mission to teach the world and other practitioners that by focusing on the concepts that I learned and that I used, we can restore function for people with profound disability. It's not easy, it's work, but we've seen remarkable success. Dr. Terry, thank you for sharing, and I have followed your work from afar for quite some years now, and it's just such an incredible story of resilience and recovery and hope and providing people with the knowledge and the tools, people who have been suffering with long chronic illnesses to actually turn their lives around. And your <clears throat> your particular story actually hits quite close to home. I am a little bit familiar with multiple sclerosis. I have a girlfriend who's battling it. And and as well as a, a friend, you may have heard of him, Montel Williams. He's a... Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, he's a dear friend. He's also been a guest on this podcast. And so what you're doing in the realms of, for people who are fighting MS, but also other chronic diseases, autoimmune diseases, and the protocol, the WALS protocol that you have developed, for those that are listening that are not familiar with it yet, yeah. 
it's just an overview of the sure. principles, please. So people may have heard of the Walls diet. It stresses the nine cups of vegetables, three cups of greens, three cups of deeply colored. So greens like green leafy kale, collards, parsley, cilantro, romaine lettuce, uh, three cups of deeply colored like beets, carrots, berries, three cups of sulfur rich, that's the cabbage, onion, mushroom family of vegetables. Then we have a vegetarian version with beans and rice for your protein or a omnivore version with meat, poultry, fish for your protein. And then we have ketogenic versions and we have a more restrictive elimination version. That's the food portion. Yes. Then we have targeted supplements, basically to address common nutrient deficiencies and more mitochondrial support. Then we have the exercise portion, the detox portion, the mindset portion. And this is really a comprehensive program to support cellular health and wellness that we work with our patients and our clients to implement at the pace that they and their family can be successful. And I used to, in my youth in this, I would insist you got to start with the diet. Now I'm uh, much more wise, and I realize people have to start where they can be successful. So for some folks, that means they're going to start with working on meditation and mindfulness. For some, it means they're going to start with exercise. For some, it means that they're going to work on reducing their toxin exposure. I talk with people, and then the invitation is, okay, so in what domain do you want to start this healing journey that you're going to work on to improve? And what is the small next step that you could be successful with? Excellent. I like that the approach is really it's possible to tailor it to where an individual in the moment. You mentioned... Yes. It, it needs, it, it, they're much more successful. It's a family intervention. Yes. If I am eating and living a distinct way that is different from what my family is doing, I could probably do that for a week or a month, maybe even a couple months. But over time the vast majority of folks will drift back to the previous habits and lifestyle. But if the family makes these changes at a pace that the family can sustain, mm -hmm. then this, it, the whole family's health and vitality improves and the, then the changes can stick. That makes total sense, Dr. Terry. And when you described the different aspects of the WOWS protocol, you also talked about mindfulness, for example, which for me falls into a very important category of healing, and that is how to address the mental and emotional aspects of chronic illness. Can you talk a little bit about Yeah. This? New health habits, new health behaviors means doing some things new and different and perhaps stopping some things that are very familiar. That requires effort, and it's work. And so how do I help people find the energy and the interest in doing that work? So one of the first, again, it was my patients that taught me this, that the most important thing to do is to have a conversation about why do you want to do this? What is your why? 
What is it that you care so deeply about? And this is a very revealing question. Again, my vets taught me this. What do you care so deeply about that if a house was beginning to be on fire, smoke's rolling off the roof and the windows, that without even a moment's hesitation, you'd run in to save? Is it like your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your paintings, your manuscripts? What speaks to your heart? So once we can help them identify what speaks to the heart, and if nothing speaks to the heart, then I take that as a need to go see a talk therapist to deepen your understanding of, of what makes you tick and what you care about. But once we identified what speaks to their heart, then the next question I have is, how can we help you be more effective as a painter, as a mother, as a grandmother, grandfather, as a spouse, because you're probably having some limitations right now. Okay, well then when we have that connection, now it becomes easier to say, okay, can we help you now create the goal of, I'd like because I want to be more effective as a grandmother and be able to play with my grandchildren on the floor, I, that's important enough to me that I will meditate, do a little mindfulness every morning. So there's a sequence of if that, then, if that, then. Now that meditation is, okay, I'm doing this because I want to play with my grandkids. It's not such a burden. Right. If I'm just doing it because Dr. Walsh told me to do it, that's a burden. So it's really establishing a relationship and a collaboration with your patients as well. We have to have this be relevant for something that they care about. You can't make, this is way too much work to do it because I told you to. Mm -hmm. That's just not going to happen. So it has to be tied into something you care deeply about. So now when I see patients, that's the first thing that my health coach and I have them work on is, so what do you care about? How do we link the next small action you want to take to help you be more effective in that role? And we have the person choose what domain they're going to work on. And maybe it is going to be food. Maybe it's going to be movement. Maybe it's going to be mindfulness. Maybe it's going to be getting clean water for themselves and their whole family and their grandchildren. And so they're going to put in a reverse osmosis water. So it's a conversation to help them find their priorities, the domain where they want to work, and what's the next small step they want to take. Yes. It's never what I'm telling them. We're asking questions. Where do you want to go? What's the domain? What's the small tax? And we'll check in next week. Did you do it? It's also restoring a sense of agency to people who may feel like everything is out of their control. So this feeling of being empowered again, I think it's also a big part of the healing process. You must have agency. And we talk about just how important it is for us to realize no matter how difficult my circumstances or their circumstances, we always have the ability to make some small choice that makes those circumstances easier. Whether it's an action that I'm gonna take or a perspective that I have that there is some gift in this circumstance. And if we can help them find that, I let them know that the research is very clear. Their immune cells will be much more effective 
at healing themselves when they can find that action that they have control over. Yeah. If they're feeling like, ah, oh, there's nothing I can do, I'm just screwed. The immune system's like, yep, okay, there's nothing I can do, so why bother? But if in my heart, I'm like, yep, there's stuff I can do. I can pray, I can meditate, I can find joy in the cup of tea I'm going to have with my grandchildren. My immune cells will be much more effective. If I can maintain the belief that, you know what, I could still do a four, seven, eight breath every day to get a little deeper calm. My immune cells will be more effective. So I educate people like this is a really important step to helping your immune cells behave better. You have to reclaim your agency over your life. Yes. And that's like, what? (laughs) Yes, no, this is vitally important. Thank you for sharing this, Dr. Terry. I think this falls through the cracks for a lot of people who are just facing something really overwhelming that they're dealing with and how important it truly is to be mindful, to manage our thoughts and be kind to ourselves. Yeah. yeah, Focus on the good things in life amongst all the bad. You brought up something else as a step, for example, to supply yourself and your family with clean water. You also talked about toxins a few minutes ago. Can you discuss the role of toxins in the body and how the protocol addresses their impact on health? It's very difficult to live in today's world without encountering heavy metals, lead, arsenic, cadmium, mercury. It's hard to not encounter pesticides, herbicides, plastics, solvents, etc. So our body encounters them, we excrete what we can, and then store the rest in our fat, and unfortunately also in our brain. It slowly accumulates. That burden of toxins worsens the level of inflammation and will accelerate the autoimmune processes. So there's two steps that I talk with with my patients. One is reduce your exposure according to what you and your family can afford given your circumstances. So get your water as purified as possible. Get your air purified as possible. Reduce your exposure through foods and personal care products, cleaning products. So that's one one avenue is reduce your exposure. Another avenue is to improve your body's ability to process and eliminate these toxins. We talk about Epsom salts baths, saunas, dry brushing, a variety of herbs and supplements that can be super helpful. And I remind people that you just do the best you can given your circumstances. The veteran patients that I saw at the Iowa City Veteran Affairs Hospital, they were living on food stamps in rural Iowa, rural Missouri, rural Illinois, shopping in these small rural grocery stores. They weren't buying organic food. They didn't have the money to get all these fancy water filters and supplements. But they were just doing the best they could with their economic reality. And they had dramatic success. For sure, the more we can do in terms that our economic resources allow us, yes, you'll have a more rapid healing experience. But if you begin to implement the concepts I teach in the Walls Protocol, 
at the pace that you and your family can afford, given your circumstances in life, I predict you will find gradually more energy, more mental clarity, better mood. And if you're on medications, you want to stay in close contact with the person who's prescribing those medications because what we saw is blood pressure has improved. We had to reduce blood pressure meds. Blood sugars improved. We had to reduce blood sugar meds. Pain reduced. We were able to reduce pain meds. And people were having fewer meds, fewer meds, and sometimes then no meds. Mm-hmm. So, and these are people, these were veterans. They weren't going to Whole Foods. They weren't getting all the fancy gizmos that, yes, would have accelerated the healing. It's mm. still possible with whatever economic reality that you're facing. And this is so important to share and know because getting healthier, feeling better is not the privilege of a few who have yeah. funds that I, you can actually affect some significant change also directly related to the para- paradigm of the economic reality that you're living in. So thank you for Absolutely, that. absolutely. When people tell me that they can't do the Walls Protocol because they aren't wealthy, I'm like, well, let me tell you, the, the veterans that whose care I influenced were not wealthy. These were ordinary salt of the earth living on food stamps, but we changed how they thought about food and diet and exercise and meditation in their own agency. And we had really radical improvements to their story. In fact, the VA central office came out to see what I was doing, and we influenced the shape of the clinic called the Whole Health Clinic, and they were able to implement many of the principles that that we created in our clinics. Fantastic, Dr. Terry. And you brought up medication. So I have a question with regards to medication, because a lot of people who are chronically ill, of course, are often on a ton of different prescription meds. Yeah. How do you balance the need for medication and conventional medical treatments with the principles of your protocol? So the principles of my protocol focus on creating health. The medications are FDA approved to treat a disease state and specific symptoms. And people with chronic disease were often on many medications. So this is not telling people to stop their meds. I want you to focus on creating health, then watch closely your medication use, because you may need that may need to be adjusted. As your cells do the biology of life more correctly, as I said, your blood pressure will improve, blood sugars improve, medications need to be adjusted. And for people who are on immune-suppressing meds for their autoimmune process, yes, stay, yeah, by all means, stay on your drug, start the WALS protocol. Hopefully you have, over time, more energy, more mental clarity, better mood. It, and then the question is, can I get off my disease-modifying drugs? That's a complicated question because we don't have any research that will help me guide that. In my clinical practice, I tell people, it, all, it depends on the depth of the lesion load that you have for your autoimmune disease process, whether it's MS or inflammatory bowel disease, or rheumatoid arthritis, what level of disability you had, what your biologic markers of disease are telling me. We need to have stability. And the question is, should it be, you're doing great for a year, great for two years, great for three years. Somewhere in there is the correct answer. We don't know what it is. 
and then we can transition you from a less potent drug that has fewer side effects. That goes well for mm-hmm. one to two years. Then we could talk about, can we wean you off that drug? And so there are a lot of clinical factors that I think about as we make that transition. People always have their perspective in what kind of adverse symptoms they have from their disease-modifying drugs that help guide the speed of those of the transition. But you never do it abruptly. You always do it in the context of how you're feeling, what level of disability and disease activity you had beforehand, and we gradually make that transition. And we've been very successful with helping people get control of their disease, thrive, and then begin to have the conversation about how I could wean to a less a drug with less toxicity, and then often get control of the disease, do not require a disease-modifying tr- drug treatment. If we are able to go down that route, I still want people to continue to see their specialist, get appropriate surveillance for their disease state. And if they have, and the other thing I have to do, because what happens is people feel great. They feel great, magnificent even. And they're like, you know what? I'm cured. I could go back to my previous habits, life. And so they go back and have pizza and beer. And suddenly they have a severe flare of their disease, whether it's rheumatoid arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, or MS. And so their conventional doc would say, see, I told you the Wall's protocol doesn't work. And I want to be in their ear saying, see, I told you, you can't go back to your previous life because all those symptoms will recur. So we have to spend a lot of time as people feel really great to remind them, you're simply controlling your disease, your diet and lifestyle is now your very potent disease-modifying treatment. If you stop it, just like if you stopped your disease-modifying drug treatment abruptly, a severe flare will occur. If you abandon your diet and self-care routine, you abandon your disease-modifying treatment, a severe flare will occur. We go over that in the clinic. I send them a letter reminding them of that. I send a letter to their treating prescribing physician telling them that. And now people are doing a much better job of, yep, this is a lifetime forever. (laughs) And it's a good life. So thank you for highlighting that, Dr. Terry. So obviously people are dealing with different issues with different diseases. Everybody's different. Everybody reacts differently. That being said, how quickly can someone expect to see improvements in their symptoms after adopting your protocol? So it will depend on the severity of your symptoms and where you're at, how long this has been going on. So the earlier, the more it is easier. Mood, anxiety, depression, fatigue, those changes typically will begin to be noticeably improving in three to six months. Usually it'll take nine, but three to six months is very common. If I am working on improving motor function, whether it's hands or walking, that will improve, but you're going to have to be doing motor work. You have to be doing physical therapy. And depending on the circumstances, you may need more advanced physical therapy with electrical stimulation of muscles, constrained limb therapy, uh, perhaps some other devices that would 
help accelerate that. But you're not going to get stronger, more coordinated muscles without doing physical work to make those muscles work and work on their coordination. If you do that with careful supervision who with a physical therapist, occupational therapist, athletic trainer who knows how to do that rehab work, we've seen people achieve significant motor improvement in nine to 12 months. People like me, profoundly disabled, wheelchair dependent, we have a really wonderful story of a woman who was very much like me, former athlete, wheelchair dependent, really could take only just a couple steps. Two years later, she's walking her son down the aisle for his wedding. Now, mind you, she couldn't walk independently. She was thrilled to be having hanging onto her son's arm and walking him down to his wedding. And then in the mother-son dance, he, he took her hands and they danced together. Now, she couldn't dance by herself. She could dance at her son's wedding. Yeah, but that- like me, she was a former athlete. She was like, okay, I know training. I can do that. And she was willing to train a couple hours every day for two years. Beautiful story that gives so much hope. And just one story. many <laughs> So absolutely, it's possible. And then for some, we're not able to improve things, but we are able to stop the decline. And with progressive MS and with relapse remitted MS, it could be, it, there's a progressive loss of brain volume, cognitive decline that occurs. What is people need to know is, if all you do is stop the decline, that is a phenomenal success because people are taking incredibly toxic drugs with the risk of killing you in order to stop the decline. If I can do that by teaching you how to have agency and to work on the things that are under your control to stop the decline, and you could eventually get off those drugs so that we don't have the toxic side effects from the drugs, but you are able to maintain your level of function, your mental clarity, I think that is a huge success. So I do point out, I can't guarantee what level of motor function we can return, but if we do nothing, the motor function will relentlessly decline. Yes, absolutely. And there's something I'd like to know, if you could go back in time and give your younger self, one piece of health or wellness advice, what would it be, Dr. Terry? I've now come to realize that the adverse childhood experience I had when I was nine, when my sister died, had profound impacts for me and my family. It certainly was a huge accelerant for my autoimmune disease process. Yes. Taking that young girl, is showing her love, and letting her know that she'll get through all of this, and then sending her to a trauma therapist earlier in life so I could have forgiven myself and everyone around me for all of the, that sorrow, I think would be quite profound. Now, I talk with my patients about early life stress, adverse childhood events, forgiveness, and the benefits of trauma therapy. That was, would certainly be a wonderful practice for most of us to incorporate, and whether we do it with a therapist or just as far as self-work goes. Dr. Terry, thank you so much for 
all the amazing work you're done, you've done, you continue to do for all the offerings you put out and changing countless people's lives and their loved ones' lives. I'm so grateful we got able to connect today. For people who'd like to learn more about you, of course, they can. Yeah. Your books, how can they connect? There's a, a another really important thing I want all, everyone to hear is that we're doing a clinical trial comparing a ketogenic diet, the paleo diet, the unusual diet. We will look at mood, quality of life, hand walking function, and we'll look at brain volume to see can we get people's, because you see, people with MS, our brains as a group are shrinking three times as fast as what occurs in healthy aging. So one of my questions that we're going to ask is, can, by helping people improve the diet, get the brain volume loss to healthy aging, which I think will be super exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. And where you find the study? Yeah. So go to Terry Walls, T-E-R-Y, Walls, W-A-H-L-S.com forward slash MS study. And that'll take you to a web page that'll tell you about the study and you can click a link to take the screening survey so we could begin the process of getting you enrolled in the study. Again, that's terrywalls.com forward slash MS study. Excellent. I'll make sure to also put that in the note, show notes as well with any other relevant links. I'm very grateful we got to talk today. Dr. Terry, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. 